All right, listen, last week we talked about running the race, right? It's the, kind of the obligatory uh, text that you use to kick off something like this. Tonight we're going to talk about sacrifice. Everybody say sacrifice. sacrifice. Okay, that was weak. Everybody say sacrifice. sacrifice. All right, good. If you've got your Bible, open up to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Um, but to kind of get you where I'm kind of thinking, Emerson's been sick. She got sick yesterday. She's got hand, foot, and mouth. You guys have, I don't know if you've heard about that or not, um, basically they get little, um, like, little bumps and rashes on their hands and on their feet and in their mouth, and it's just no fun. So I took her to the doctor yesterday, and um, she seemed like she was fine, but, you know, she obviously had something going on. It, it hurts her to eat, and you feel terrible for her. But I went to TJ Maxx. And I don't know, um, I guess I'm old. I've reached this point where I go to a special store to buy socks, right? Anybody? <laughs> Adults? I mean, you get them on sale at TJ Maxx. You can get some good socks for cheap. And I found Carson some Under Armour socks. Um, they're the cool ones that go up high. You know, he's all excited, and they're like 4 bucks each. Nothing for Under Armour's $4.00. Um, but I also, when we were in there, I had Emerson with me, and you know how kids are whenever you go to the store, they need a toy. So she saw some baby dolls and some Barbies, and she kept saying, Daddy, baby, Daddy, baby. So I got her a Barbie doll because it was cheap also, and, and then I went to go pick up Carson, and I meant for her to open the toy before Carson saw it, but inevitably I forgot, and Carson got in the car, and he said, what's that? And he opened up the bag, and he saw that Emerson had a toy, all right? So I don't know if you guys have any experience with younger siblings or with cousins that are kids. That doesn't go well when you buy one a toy, but you didn't get the other one a toy, so my immediate response, this is a terrible response, like this, like dad of the year, my response, look buddy, I got you some socks. <laughs> Six-year-olds aren't happy with socks when their sister got a toy. I was like, but they're Under Armour and they're cool and they make you run fast. I really told him that and he was kind of excited about that, but he wanted a toy. He was passionate for his desire to have a toy. And here's the, the point of the story and something that little kids don't learn. And a lot of you are probably either have figured this out or you're learning it as you go through life. Life isn't fair. Right? Like, like you've learned that through time. You've learned through things, whether it's, you know, um, boyfriends and girlfriends breaking your heart. Life isn't fair. Whether it's, you know, your parents have enough money to buy you um, a Mercedes instead of, you know, but you get stuck with like a 1998 Honda Civic, right? Like sometimes life just doesn't seem fair. Sometimes, you know, you lose someone that you love very early in life. I would tell you life just isn't fair. Sometimes your parents get a divorce. I would tell you life isn't fair. Sometimes your house burns down. Life isn't fair. And it's something that you've got to grasp onto. But here's something that we're going to talk about tonight. And that word is sacrifice. And see, we're going to look at in Romans to see what the Apostle Paul says about sacrifice. And what you're going to find is it makes it a lot easier to sacrifice yourself. It makes it a lot easier to say, hey, I'm going to give everything I've got to God once you understand the magnitude of what God has done for you in your life. 
All right? Here's the, great, here, here's the big idea for tonight's message. Use what Jesus did for you to train yourself to follow God's commands. Right? Here, here's the thing. How many, we've got a lot of athletes here tonight. Right? We've got a lot of people that play sports and do things. Um, here, here's the thing. Every athlete has a ceiling. Like, it's inevitable. A lot of you, maybe you haven't reached your ceiling in whatever it is that you do, but at some point in time in your life, you're going to be the best that you're going to be. That's just the way life works. All right, whether you go pro, whether you play in college, whether it stops in high school, at some point in time, you're going to reach your ceiling. They get to a place where they feel like they can't grow anymore, and after working on a sport or a skill for a long amount of time, everyone finds a ceiling. Well, in our lives spiritually, we sometimes will feel like we've hit a ceiling. So what does that look like? What does that feel like? Um, Maybe it's a temptation. Like, you can't get over this temptation. Whatever it is, it, it, I mean, it could be anything. It could be a bad attitude at school. Like, you're just angry all the time at school, right? That's a temptation. That's something you struggle with. It could be um, pornography. Like, like I, I really, that's a tough temptation. Listen, I've been there. I've done that. I, I understand. You know, I had to get to a place in my life with, with pornography where I, I didn't even go to ESPN.com because they had advertisements that would trigger my mind, right? Because it was a temptation. It was something that I struggled with until I got to a place where I was stronger, right? Like sometimes we see those temptations and it's during these times um, that we must renew our minds. That's what this text is going to talk about. In Romans chapter 12, he talks about renewing your mind. Um, It's during those times that you renew your mind and remind ourselves of what Jesus has done and let that fuel our discipline. All right? So let's read this. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Look at this. If you've got a highlighter, highlight this text, man, because this is important. This is a big text for you to understand, right? Like, like you should try to remember this text. Mark this text somewhere in your Bibles. Write it down in the front of your Bible. Hey, I'm having a hard time. Oh, I need to go read Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2, okay? Because this text will take you a long way, all right? Listen, therefore, I urge you, brethren, okay? So when he's talking about brethren, when he says brethren, he's talking about believers. He's talking about us as Christians, He says, therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Let's pray. God, we come to you once again. Thank you for our service so far. God, I pray you would just speak to us through your through your word and and that you would just touch our hearts. Amen. All right. Number one, write this down. In our text, we find the Apostle Paul giving us direct instruction on how to prevent this. Remember, we're talking about that ceiling. All right. Um, Number one, uh, we are to present ourselves as a living sacrifice. Okay, this is almost like a cause and effect type thing, but right in the middle of that cause and effect, we're going to get to the cause in a minute and then the the effect later. Um, The number one important thing that you must do is to present yourself as a living sacrifice. This is not to say that we are literally to commit harm to each other, right? To please God. 
Like if you go home tonight and you're, and you're in your bedroom and you're thinking about, well, how can I sacrifice myself? Like, like we don't do that. that. That's strange because we talked on Sunday and whenever we talk about sacrifice, you think about lambs and goats and things that they did in the Old Testament. This is a totally different sacrifice, okay? So, so he says to sacrifice yourself, to a living sacrifice. This means that we are to surrender our lives to God in an effort to live for him. Let me read you two texts real quick. Philippians 1.21 for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. In other words, if, he, if, if you're living for yourself, if your whole life, if you were to take a camera and, and that camera was, was taking a shot of everything that you're living for, if that camera centered on you, then you are not living for Christ. And it says to die is for gain. In other words, you're gaining whenever you, you die to yourself, whenever you're living for Christ. What about this? Luke 9, 23, Jesus said this. And he was saying to them all, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. See, that's a tough one. Like, that's, a tough, that one, that's one that we like to read. That's one that we like to kind of say that we do. You know, it kind of makes us feel good about being a Christian. And, and we say we do that thing. But it's tough to deny yourself daily means to literally put aside every one of your personal desires and to pursue God. You see, here's the cool part, though, is whenever you actually pursue God, whenever you are actually praying like you should and reading your Bible like you should, God's going to give you the desires of his heart for you, and your desires are going to be intact with him. But the problem is we don't have the prayer life that we should have. We don't have the Bible reading life that we should have. We don't have a relationship with God like we should have. Listen, and don't just think that this is hard for you. This is hard for, for me as a 32-year-old, Right? Like, this is hard for Brandy as a 50-year-old. No, I'm joking. She's not that old. She is older than me, but not that old. Listen, this is, I don't care how old you are. This gets tough, man. Like, this is a difficult thing for us to do as human beings. Um, see, but here's the thing. We don't want to let go of certain personal parts of our lives. Um, for example, um, we enjoy having control over our relationships. We don't like to give all in to God because we know for a fact that God does not approve of us being with that guy. Right? Like we know for a fact, we feel guilty about that, so we're not giving that to God because that's my decision. Like I will trust you with every aspect of my life except my girlfriend or boyfriend, God. Like that's what we do. Um, we do that with um, our careers. Some of you, maybe you've already got your mind made up what you're going to do for a living because it's going to get you a lot of money. But guess what? God doesn't want you to do that. God wants you to be a teacher and you're going to be broke, right? <laughs> Listen, it's kind of a messed up society. Me and Brandy were talking about that yesterday. We were talking about how these, you know, football coaches make like $10 million a year. And, you know, that's such an irrelevant career right and Randy's like teaching people and she makes nothing um it's not, life isn't fair what can I say right but but we don't want to give that to God because we don't like the fact that, that we're not going to make a lot of money doing that right um what about this one what about decisions right like like just overall decisions like how we want to react to someone that's being mean to us. What about how we react to our parents when we don't agree with them? I would venture out to say that some of you at some point in your life have not reacted appropriately to your parents. 
When I say appropriately, I mean what the Bible says about obeying your parents, being respectful of your parents, right? And we don't like that. We don't want to give that to God. Like we grasp onto these things because we understand that they do not align with the word of God. We understand the expectations of God and this hurts and it's painful. But just like training our body, if it doesn't hurt, you aren't getting better. I remember in high school, I played football and I was a wide receiver. So all I did was run routes. I was running the whole practice. And then after football season came basketball season. And in basketball, you just run the whole time. Then after basketball season, it started track season. And literally, the point of track is to run. So we're running the whole time. So I was in really good shape, man. Like, I could, out, I could outrun anybody. I could run longer than anybody. And, and Coach Ryan, our high school coach, created this thing called the Trojan Run. Was he placed a cone, like, on the 10-yard line, another cone on the other side on the 20, another one on the 30, another one on the 40, another one on the 50 and he did this for like 70 yards and you had to this cone and then shuffle to this cone and then do a bear crawl to this cone and I remember at the end of that thing I was literally grabbing grass laying on the ground like pulling myself to the end and I was thinking these poor heavy set guys behind me like this is awful right but here's the thing I knew at the point that it started hurting a little bit that's when I started getting better See, if, if I were to quit at the point where it started hurting, I said, okay, this hurts a little bit, I'm done. I did not improve that day, right? It's the same with lifting weights. It's the same with, with going to school, getting your education. Listen, some of you want to go to college and, and you think it's going to be a cakewalk, but college isn't easy, man. Like, like we've got some, go ask Daniel Dawson. He just now graduated. I talked to him the, uh, the other day and he said, man, college is hard. I was like, yeah, no joke. Like, if it was easy, everybody would do it. See, but here's the thing. Whenever it's getting late and you don't want to write that paper because you want to, you know, maybe be on Snapchat or doing this or doing that, hey, that's when it hurts a little bit, but guess what? You're getting better, right? And, and that's what Scripture says. Your muscles, your body, it gets stronger when you reach a point that you have broken them down and then you start building them back up. Sometimes God has to break you down in order for you to be a living sacrifice for Him because at that point, you start growing in Christ. You start depending on God, right? Come on. Look at Dylan being all respectful. He wasn't going to come in. Listen, Sometimes it's tough, man. Sometimes it's tough when our life just feels rotten and nothing's going good in our lives. Sometimes it's hard to say, God, I praise you today. I'm going to give my all to you today. Whenever, you know, you're going through the worst day of your life, but in that moment, in that day, you're getting stronger in God. You're getting stronger in your faith. You're depending on God more. And that's the pivotal time for you to grow in Christ. Right? So, so we see that, that we are to present ourselves a living sacrifice. Um, so, so we know what our mission is. So let's look at the cause and effect, and then we're done. The cause of that, um, write this down. Jesus dis displayed this sacrifice. Like Jesus put on display what this sacrifice looks like. Like he actually gave us a model to follow, and it's in your scripture. If you don't know the model, it's because you're not reading your scripture. Listen, my favorite one of the Gospels is Mark. Pick up your Bible tomorrow and start reading. Read for 10 minutes. Start Mark chapter 1 and just read through it and see what you find out. Then when you're done with Mark, go to James. And, you'll feel, and you're going to find some, some life principles to follow, right? See, but here's the thing. Jesus 
displayed that. And we see that in this very first verse. It's a very important word. I've actually got it underlined in my Bible. Uh, Paul says, therefore. And in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, he says, therefore I urge you. See, he's not starting from scratch. He's essentially saying for that reason. In other words, the first 11 chapters of Roman, Paul talks about how we as humans are sinful creatures, how we as humans need Jesus Christ, how we as humans are desperate for Jesus in our lives because he gave us something that we can't do ourselves. And he says, therefore, because of this, because Jesus gave you this, because Jesus did this, because Jesus gave you his all, because of that, you do this you become a living sacrifice, right? See, we can be encouraged because we know that Jesus did it. Look at Romans 11, verse 36. That's the last verse in, in chapter 11. It says, For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. In other words, God is the source and sustainer of everything that exists. He, he's the source of your success in athletics. He's the source uh, of your brilliance in the classroom. He's the source of every talent you, that you have, and he will sustain those things as long as you are giving him the glory and being a living sacrifice for him. Listen, this is important to understand, guys. Because of this, we do this. I wrote that in my Bible. Because of chapter 11, we do chapter 12. It's the cause of this thing. We wouldn't even have a chance for redemption without Jesus sacrificing his life for us. Jesus literally gave up everything for us. And what he asked in return is that we sacrifice our efforts. We sacrifice our time. We sacrifice our popularity at school in order to live for him. And I know that's easier said than done. I know it's a lot more fun to fit in and, you know, get some laughs because you've been saying dirty jokes at school. Hey, I get it, right? I know it's the cool thing to, to sleep with that girl because she's the hottest girl in your class. Hey, I get it. But it's not the godly thing to do. It's the thing to do to fit into the world. <laughs> you see, but, but remember, this isn't easy. This is tough. It's going to hurt a little bit for you to grow in Christ, all right? So, so Jesus displayed the sacrifice, and here's the effect. Um, number three, write this down. You may prove what the will of God is. Because you, you are a living sacrifice, you look back at Jesus' life, and Jesus portrayed what your life should look like. And then whenever you do that, you will prove that what the will of God is. Um, living this righteous lifestyle exemplifies what is good and acceptable in God's eyes. That's what that text is saying. In theory, this seems easy, right? You know, it, it looks a lot like this. Hey, I got to be nice at school. I got to be nice to people. Uh, don't use foul language. Like, don't cuss in front of people because that's a bad example. Right? Like, don't cuss at all, right? Because that, that's bad for you. So as long as I'm nice, now, don't cuss. And um, hey, I've never stolen anything. So I'm doing good, right? We're, we're hitting these Ten Commandments. We're, we're doing awesome. We're nice. We love people. We obey our parents most of the time. You know, God doesn't really expect us to obey them all the time, right? Um, and we don't steal things. And we're honest with people. We tell the truth. Um, we got this. But here's the thing. The thing about it is this. Have you ever eaten? Uh, let, me, let me do this. How many of you have ever eaten something that just completely messed up your belly? <laughs> yeah. Listen, um, how, and you really like that, whatever that is. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's good. Mine's Ichabon. 
Listen, you don't want to go anywhere around me for 24 hours after I eat Ichabod. It's a bad day, right? I'm pretty sure Brandy takes back her vows every time we go to Ichabod, and she's stuck in a car with me because it does not go well, right? Get that girl some nose clips because it's going to be a rough ride home. And, and, do what? Yeah. Talk about, <laughs> right? I mean, hey. Everybody has that thing, and for whatever reason, you go back to it, knowing that it's going to make you absolutely miserable, but in the moment, it is so good. (laughs) That ginger sauce and mustard sauce at Ichabon, oh my God, no, listen, and I'm pretty sure that's what destroys me from the inside out, (laughs) but I love it. I crave it. It's, I mean, it's like if donuts are my sweet thing that's going to kill me, my serious foods, Ichabon. What does that say about me if Ichabon's serious food, right? Um, see, here's the thing. We always go back to it. It's because it's good. Like, even though we feel bad after eating that thing, we, it's so good while we're going through it. It tastes so good. It's so much fun. You know, it's just fantastic. You savor each bite, and it tastes so good. Hot Krispy Kreme donuts, oh my gosh. You can eat, like you can put a whole donut in your mouth and just let it melt. And then die from diabetes. (laughs) See, here's the thing. Listen, listen. That's exactly how temptation gets you. You enjoy every single moment while it's going on, while you're in the middle of that temptation. You love it, man. You crave it. You savor every moment of it. But then when it's done, what does it do? It makes you feel like crap. Right? And see, here's the thing. Here's why it does that. It's because Satan makes it look so good. And we, and we give in to that temptation. And we say, yes, that's good. That's pleasing to my body. And then after it's over, we're sitting there and, and we think about God. And we think about the Bible. And we think about our walk with Christ. And we think about how that thing, whatever it is, destroys our testimony. And then, then we're brokenhearted and we feel terrible. And, and then we kind of clean it up for a little while. And we say, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. Um, yeah, I've had sex uh, at this point, but I'm cutting it off until I'm married. Until that temptation comes up again and you give in, knowing good and well that it's going to make you feel like crap later. It's the exact same thing, man. And, and you don't see it. We don't see it because, because the... The devil makes it look so good, and we give in over and over and over, right? You see, here's the thing. If we are intentional about our walk with Christ, listen, intentional. Like, I am going to be intentional. I'm going to make it a point that I'm going to somehow, even when it hurts, even when I don't want to do it, I'm going to do it. When I was in high school and I was doing all the sports, man, I, I went through two years of my life where I drank literally water, milk, and orange juice right? Like, I didn't drink anything else. No chocolate milk, uh, like nothing. I, I was healthy. And like, how did I become diabetic, right? Like, like I didn't eat Oreos all the time. Uh, I didn't do all this stuff. I was in great shape. I took care of my body, and, and everything was perfect. But here's the thing. That wasn't always easy. Like, I had to be intentional. And then one day, I went to a friend's house, and I had a Coke, and 
gone to hell since, and now I've got a bad addiction to Diet Mountain Dew, right? <laughs> like, I dream of a week of just water, and it never happens, because there's something about that greenish-yellow crap that I put in my body that uh, just floats me in, right? Listen, but I had to be atten- intentional about it. It took hard work, and we must be the same way. We must be diligent. Um, We've got to have this kind of effort is what it's going to take to live according to God's word and be acceptable to God. You see, instead of conforming, look what it says right there in verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, don't go the easy route. Don't just do the stuff to fit in with the world. Don't just do the stuff to be popular at school. Hey, in, instead, instead of just conforming to that idea of life, let's create a new idea of life and see if we can get the world around us to conform to Christ. See, but we can't do that because we've got Christians everywhere that live like hell outside of church. Right? And, and I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Like, you want to be remembered. You want to make a difference in someone's life. You live like Christ. I can name some people that were cool in high school that drank and did drugs and stuff. And I can also show you where they've been booked in jail recently. Right? Like, I've got a friend that not even three years after high school, he he was put in in jail because he killed someone uh, drinking and driving. Like, where'd that get him? And I've told y'all this before, Paige Dickerson. I haven't seen this girl in 10 years, and I still remember her because I remember how dedicated she was to God when we were living like hell. And it impacted my life. It made a difference in my life to see someone that was so dedicated to something. And you can do that. Listen, you want to make a difference in people's lives? You want to make a difference in the world? You want to be something just completely opposite, right? Like David Platt wrote a book. It's called Counterculture. Like you want to be countercultural, be completely opposite of the world. You live for God. You serve God. You pray to God. You read your Bible. And that's not always going to be easy, right? Like, Tucker, that's not always going to be easy. But here's the cool thing is you've got a youth pastor's phone number where you can say, Chris, I need your prayer. I'm having a hard day today, and I'm going to pray for you. Right? Like, like. Like, Kyle, you're on the red team. Listen, you've got my number. You've got, you've got two red team leaders that you can call and say, hey, I'm having a hard day. Can you pray for me? And I guarantee you they're going to pray for you. Right? Like, I have confidence in all these leaders that we've got in this room that they're going to support you. They're going to pray for you, and they're going to lift you up. But they can't do that if you don't lean on them a little bit. And you can't expect other people to pray for you if you're not praying for yourself. <laughs> pray daily. Read your Bible daily, right? Hook up with someone in here. Say, hey, can, can you help me to pray? Like, text me every day and say, hey, I'm praying for you. Can you pray for me? Hold each other responsible. Amen? Amen? Everybody lock up. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we come to you once again, God, to thank you for your word. 
God, we thank you for the sacrifice that you made for us, God. And, and in Scripture, where you, you have asked us to be a, a living sacrifice for you, God, I pray that we would take that text serious. God, I pray that these students would realize the um, magnitude of your word and, and the importance of um, sacrificing their, their lives to live for you, sacrificing popularity, sacrificing money, God, sacrificing all these things that we don't necessarily need to be happy, God. Lord, I pray that they would understand that, God. I pray that they would strive for you, that they would reach for you this week. God, I know for a fact that there's some students out here hurting, God. I pray that, that you would give them the boldness to come talk to me, to come talk to their team leaders, to come, you know, someone. God, so that they can reach, you know, ask for guidance, ask for prayer, and so we can lift them up, God. And when that happens, whenever they come to us, God, I pray that you would give us wisdom, give us the words. God, I pray that you would just help us to love them like you've called us to love them. And God, I pray you'd make a difference in our lives, but most importantly, make a difference in someone's life around them this week at school. God, we thank you for this day. Thank you for all you've done for us, God, and, and, and the many blessings you're going to bless us with going forward. And I pray that we would pay that back in sacrificing our lives to you. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. All right.